Salutations, Packer Pelicans, and welcome to the first official episode of our new podcast, The Women of Color Experience. We're your hosts, Kayla Johnson and Amaya Joseph, and in today's episode, in honor of our community concluding our second week of school, we will be discussing our transition from predominantly Black and Hispanic schools into a predominantly white institution. So let's get started. So Amaya and I were new to Packer last year, and I was curious as to what the transition was like from a predominantly black and brown school to a white space for you. Well, you know, when my experience, it was really awkward and kind of uncomfortable. Um, Throughout my entire childhood, through elementary school and middle school, it was predominantly black and Hispanic. So I had people around me that looked like me. Um, and, you know, I guess felt comfortable with the space. A lot of us had, you know, the same living situations. Our families looked alike. So I was comfortable in there. But, you know, coming to Packer, it was very awkward because it's I'm around a bunch of like, you know, white kids, a bunch of white students. And I've never dealt with that. Um, like even where like I live, there's not even a lot of white people. So it was really weird, um, especially like with the camping trip that we had in ninth grade. Um you know, having to share a space with, like, people that don't look like me, and I guess it made me, like, kind of pay attention to, like, who I am and what I look like, and that I don't look like these people, like, I don't have the same skin color, you don't have the same hair, there was just so many differences that I became, like, so self-aware of, and it kind Mm -hmm. of made me feel, like, insecure or awkward in these spaces, and, you know, like, it made you think of your self-image as a black person in that space, Yeah, Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like as I came into a black space, a white space, predominantly white space, I was trying to figure out who I was and where I fit in a predominantly white institution and kind of what that meant for me and finding out who I am as a person and discovering my identity. And I also feel like going off of the camping trip, the lack of representation it took a toll on my perception of self and there were times where I felt as if I didn't meet a certain standard that was set or I didn't compare or I couldn't, I guess you can say, quote, compete because I didn't look like everyone else. And similarly to you, I grew up in a predominantly black school. So I had teachers who looked like me. I had friends who looked like me. Our moms looked similar. Our dads looked similar. Our aunts, our uncles were similar. And I feel like for so long, I've been trapped in, I guess, the comfort of people who look like me and being put into a different, a new, more diverse, I guess you can say like, place it was hard for me to to handle at first because it's it's a change it's new and the transition was not at all easy it was very scary especially considering everyone had known each other from years prior so you're a new student and you're a student who looks differently it's hard for you to to see where you can fit yourself in and try and like pick up where everyone else left off yeah I feel like we didn't really get that slow and like steady transition into the white space we were kind of like pushed in there and we were like okay like you have to accept it um and it was like it like again like what you said it's really scary because like you know you're not used to it you know it's like uh it's like a kid that's like never been on a roller coaster before and it's their first time and they're like really scared um yeah. you know like and I don't think you know that 
Packer or any predominantly white space means to set this up, but I feel like for women of color, and specifically for me, like, a black woman, like, like, a beauty standard, like, the, like, the girls that are, like, really pretty, and the girls that everyone wants, it's the, you know, it's, like, the white, skinny girls, and you look at yourself, and you're kind of, like, whoa, I don't fit into that picture at all, like, like, where can I squeeze in, where can I, like, go in? I agree, yeah, I think most of it isn't, a packer thing or a predominantly white school thing i feel like it's more of a societal thing that has worked its way into our everyday life that's our automatic thought i think for me my i guess my my prejudice when coming into a a white school was this is going to be just like the movies and they bully everyone who doesn't fit like this plastic picture perfect kind of i guess like outline kind of I guess mold and the media especially influenced how I viewed my transition into the school I had this like notion that I'm not like everyone else so I'm not going to be able to find my way and navigate in this space and I think we as a society can do better because that was very damaging to my image my self-image at one point but I feel like I've I've adjusted pretty well considering the circumstances I definitely, like, oh, my gosh, your point about, like, the media, you know, and the media, the way they portray black girls whenever they go to predominantly white spaces is, like, they get bullied because they're black, um, because, like, they're too black or they're too white or, you know, people want to steal their culture or they go through, like, all these, like, you know, uh, like, racial crises. And it's, like, you know, you watch all these movies and you read all these books and you see all this stuff. In the media, you're kind of like, is this going to be my experience? Like, you know, for the years that I'm in school with these people, is this what I have to suffer with? Like, I can't have a normal life? And it was like, like, definitely, like, the media just looks a bad way of portraying it because I came in with, like, a prejudiced thought that, like, you know, I kind of have to distance myself away from my own classmates because they would treat me differently and they would, you know make me feel excluded and that's like that's definitely not the case you know I mm-hmm. felt very welcomed especially when it came to like making um white friends like I've like I've never done it before <laughs> because like all of my <laughs> friends were like black or brown but like they never made it seem like our race had to be something that was like so evident like between us like it wasn't like they were like oh like I'm white and you're black it was kind of like we're friends you yeah. know, um, and I like that too, but I think one thing that was hard about making white friends, and like the only thing that was hard was like, you know, you could try and push it aside with certain things, but they're like, you know, like the economical difference, like just mm-hmm. the difference of our skin color, like making white male friends and knowing that like, even if they don't mean to intentionally, they're like at the top of like society, yes. kind of, like at the bottom. Um, and it's like, you can't ignore it because it's the truth and you kind of have to, I guess, as friends, like admit it, acknowledge it and find ways to help each other balance it out. Yeah, I agree. Being a woman of color, especially, it's like you're a double minority, quote unquote. So it's like, how do you, how do you feel comfortable in a space where you know that when you leave Packer, when you leave the walls of Packer and you go outside, you won't be viewed 
the same way as your white counterparts. And going back to your point about the media, there's always that one token black friend who's just like there for the ride and is always the side character and kind of just has like their own life off screen. And I didn't want that to be me. I wanted my experience to be, to be, I guess, better in a way than the black characters portrayed on TV because it's like, all the main white characters have a, a black best friend for diversity, but we never get to get deeper into who they are as people. And I think, I don't know how we can fix that, honestly. I think that's a problem that is slowly changing, but it's not changing at all. And I think, like you said, race has always been at the back of everyone's mind. You can put it aside for some things, but for other things, there are certain privileges that white students have that black students don't. And this is not just exclusive to Packer. This is everywhere. There are opportunities that white children have that black children just don't have the access to, I guess. So that's just something that I've had to come to terms with. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely would just like, you know, adding on to your point about how like, you know, when we leave the doors of Packer, you know, society portrays us a different way. And I feel like people need to take that into account with interracial, you know, like friendships. Because, you know, like, I can hang out with my white friends inside of Packer and I'll be treated the exact same way. But if we go outside and we were in a certain environment, like, you know, there's police nearby or something's happening. You know, my first instinct is like, I need to get away because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a black teenager. I'm going to put myself at, like, a really high risk. But I could be able to one of, like, my white male friends or one of my white female friends. And they're like, well, why are we leaving? You know, like, yeah. we don't have to go. And it's almost like you need to realize that, like, just because in Packer, like, we're treated as equal. Like, society does not look at me that way. Does not look at us that way. And... Like, I can't do the same things that you want to do. I can't say the same things that you want to say. Um, especially yeah. because, you know, as a black girl, if I try and speak up and say something, you know, you're portrayed with, like, the angry black girl stereotype. Where people are like, oh, she's yeah. angry. And that's, like, so discouraging because now you just, like, don't want to speak, like, ever. Yeah. I think also the transition, like, in Packer was a lot more difficult because of, like, outside influences and you have like all of these i guess um all of these people all of these things media other people that you live with that you don't live with that you see on the street telling you what you are and what you're supposed to be as a woman of color in a predominantly white space and when you leave packer you're seen as too white or not black enough and then when you're inside of packer it's like whoa calm down or don't get too riled up there like you don't want to push people the wrong way or, or show people that side of you but I feel like transitioning from a predominantly black space into a predominantly white space is especially hard because it's like who am I and why does my intelligence determine who, what I can identify as and like the notion of intelligence and being articulate being a white thing versus a black thing I think is really discouraging like you said to to black girls of color especially trying to find their voice because then there's this idea that as a female you're supposed to be submissive and quiet but if you want to put yourself out there and take a risk it's like 
what does she think she's doing? Like, she can't do that. There are so many, like, and even if it's not um, an explicit thing, there are so many, like, subtle outside forces that make me feel as if I can't fully be who I want to be and fully exist in the space and fully take advantage of all the things that Pather has to offer. Like... Oh my gosh, the whole like too white and too black that yeah. that was like one of the first issues I had. Um, you know, like even when I got accepted into Packer, you know, having to explain to people that like it's a private school, a predominantly white private school, you know, I dealt with a lot of people from my old schools or like just people, you know, in my neighborhood or just like people I know outside of school. And be like like, how do you even get into that school? Like, that's, like, a white yeah. school. Like, are you kind of, like, trying to switch on us now? And I feel like it's almost, like, when you transition into that space, it's almost like you have, like, a switch in you. Almost, yeah. like, how to act because, you know, if you act a certain way because that's how you've acted all your life, you know, you're being too black, you're being too ghetto or whatever that means, too ratchet, yeah. too noisy too loud just any insult they can throw at us to basically just like make us be quiet but then you know outside of the space where you become like more submissive and more quiet and you start showing your intelligent side and want to express yourself about like what you like and stuff like that you know people around you are like oh it's so white like who does that you know like you're black like why are you doing that? Especially when it came to, like, cultural things, too, you know? Like, with mm-hmm. music or outfits. You know, I'd wear certain outfits, and people are like, why are you dressing like a, like a white private school kid? Yeah. Or, um, you know, like, I listen to certain music, and people are like, I would have expected you to listen to rap or hip-hop. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, especially like, for my white peers, and it's kind of like, you're, you're trying to fit me into this stereotype of, like, the average you know, black girl while trying to make me not act like it because then I'm being too ghetto for you. And it's almost like I have, like, two different lives I'm living. Like, when I go into school, I'm, like, the quiet kid. And then when I go home, I'm more, like, like, I'm expressing myself more, but I'm also, like, still holding part of me back because apparently to people that part of me is, like, too white, if that makes sense. I think yeah. um, I totally agree with your idea. I don't remember where I heard it, but I heard the term like coat switch. And like when you get into Packer, you like take off this coat and put on a different one. Like you take on a different persona. And then when you leave, you put back on the coat that you came in with. And I feel like oftentimes I feel like I'm put into a box. And regardless of what I do, I, at the end of the day, I still am black. I'm still a woman and I still go to a predominantly white school. So regardless of where I go I just don't fit the box well enough like there's always a piece that doesn't that doesn't quite fit into that box and because of that people look at me differently or they think oh why do you think you're better than us just because you go to a private school or why are you so expressive that's the word I like to use I don't like to use that I'm expressive and I feel like your your part about listening to certain music and just enjoying certain things like I feel like there's this constant idea that because you're black you have to like this and because you're black you can only do this and I think that it's very damaging and um it just it hurts knowing that regardless of where you are you don't quite fit into a certain box that whole like that whole stigma 
I don't know if that's the right word to use, but like that whole idea that, you know, um, black youth trying to express themselves in certain ways that are outside the usual, like, oh, playing basketball or being a rapper or, you know, being a dancer or a singer. It's almost like if I express myself out of those, you know, I guess like career choices or hobbies that society has put us in then I'm being too white and then my black like my blackness needs to be taken away from me because then so many kids hold themselves back because they're like you know I don't want to be judged by my peers I don't want to be judged by the people that I hold dearest to me you know and it like it's such a such a bad like stereotype like even sometimes with Packer, there are so many things I wanted to do and join and, like, places I want to go, but, like, I've dealt with so many people telling me, oh, like, that's so white, like, like, you don't even act black anymore, and it's almost like, but, like, I want to be black, that, like, that's who I am, like, like, even if you tell me that I'm not black, I know I'm black, I've known it since, like, I came out of my mom, but it's almost like hearing someone tell me that almost makes me contemplate if I really am, you know? Yeah, I feel like I constantly question my identity, like who am I and what do I want? Because for so long, I feel like, okay, when I'm in this area, wherever it may be, I have to act this way because that's what make pe- that's what makes people the most comfortable. And then when I'm at Packer or when I'm in a predominantly white space anywhere, I have to act this way because that's what people think a black girl should act like. And I feel like, listening to music and like enjoying life I always have to do it differently or I have to to be in secret keep my my genuine I guess like interest a secret because I don't want to offend anyone like being too black or being too white or not quite fitting in the box the way I'm supposed to be because it is a box it doesn't give you any room to I guess experience and grow as a person and at this stage of our lives we're growing constantly and I feel like the constant pressure of staying true to my identity but also doing what I want to do is what makes it so hard for me to I guess experience and express myself in a productive way yeah I feel like how do I how do I say this I feel like you know a lot of times I'm always like before I enjoy myself or before I do something I have to contemplate basically like like what I'm doing um and I feel like I mean, even when I was in a black and Hispanic school, you know, I still thought about my identity, but I think it's just, like, it's increased going to Packer or just going to a predominantly white institute. And I feel like, you know, I don't think our peers mean to do it intentionally, but, like, yeah, sometimes, like, even if they're, like, little, like, microaggressions or, like, they're little questions, like, oh, look, yeah. um, do you know this hip-hop artist? And I'll be like, no, I don't really listen to that. And they'll be like, oh, like, I would have definitely, like, expected that from you. Yes. Like, like, why do you expect me to listen to that? Like, what are you trying to say? Or, you know, just certain comments where they'll be like, oh, like, I love your hair. And they'll be like, thanks. And they'll be like, oh, but I want to see you straightened. And it's like, but why are you yeah. trying to promote that towards me? Um, you know? Yeah. And like, And also just, like, when it comes to, like, just like like even with like clothes or like artists or celebrities that you like you know if I say oh I like a, a certain celebrity because they're really inspirational or they 
you know, they're passionate about something that I'm passionate about. And it'll be like, oh, you're inspired by a white person? You're inspired yeah. by someone that isn't black? Like, like, what's with that? Like, show love for your black community. And it's like, like, I love my black community, but that doesn't mean I can't venture out and, like, seek things from other cultures or other races. And I feel like... <laughs> I feel like that's also an issue within the black community. They need to realize that thought process isn't the most healthy for young kids because they kind of just grow up with it and they're always, like, putting on this fake persona around people because they want to seem black enough. Yeah, I feel like that's so interesting, especially because that thought of not being black enough or not being... or being too white, no one else has to think about that. Like white children anyone else really can kind of enjoy can kind of enjoy and experience what they want when they want to and there's really no box that they're put in but i feel like for black kids and this is i'm only saying black kids because that's my experience but for me i think it's a lot harder for me to to like what i want and just not feel judged for or not feel guilty that i'm not showing enough love for the black community. And I feel like you can be inspired by whoever inspires you and still love who you are. And I feel like this idea that if you don't, if you don't like, I don't know how to put this. If you're, if you're too black, then you, you want to isolate yourself from everyone who's not like you. But if you're too white, you, you kind of hate yourself. I feel like you, there's no way to win. It's just, there's no possible way to balance my identity. And I think my whole life, I guess, I've been I've been confident in who I was. And then, like, as I grew up and as I started to, to experience things and to discover what I really liked, it was a question of, well, why are you trying to be someone you're not? Do you not love who you are? And I just feel like that's not the case. I love who I am, and I'm confident in my identity. But there are times where I want to try something new that doesn't fit the... I guess the stereotypes or it doesn't fit the expectation. I think that it's hard trying to balance again, like the whole idea of not being able to balance. And especially for newer students, it's scary not knowing what is expected of you and how to make people feel, I guess, comfortable around you. Yeah, like, I mean, going back to your point about like confidence, I mean, like, I mean, personally, for me, I struggled with confidence a lot growing up because already in society, you know, they put out there that, like, white is perfect. White is right. Like, the Eurocentric beauty standard is the whole beauty standard for everyone around the world. And I'm like, I'm a black girl who doesn't have Eurocentric, like, beauty features, and I'm kind of trying to find where I can fit in. And I feel like you know, predominantly white spaces need to kind of do a better job at trying to promote that, yeah. like, that whole confidence attitude, not just to their white students, but to their black students and to all their other students, because, you know, they look around, it's like, like, I can personally say it's almost like sometimes when it comes to issues, even when they're trying to promote black, like, excellence and stuff like that, it's like, but what about all the other groups, too? What yeah. about, like, Asian excellence? What about Hispanic or Latinx excellence? Like, they exist, too. They kind of have a part. You can't just look at it as black and white. There's so many other groups involved. Yeah. Um, 
And also just like for the new students, it could definitely be scary because personally for me, I didn't start talking to the, you know, the older um, kids of color, specifically the women of color until maybe November. Um, so like for the first two months of school, I'm like, shr- like struggling. I don't really know what to do. Um, and I'm like kind of scared to talk to them. And I feel like me now as a sophomore, I kind of need to do my job to make the freshmen more comfortable and the coming like the other kids coming um like for the next two years you know yeah make you feel like you're welcome and use my platform use my voice so then you can eventually feel confident or comfortable enough in this space to use yours yeah I feel like a lot of the the main thing with the confidence issue is not feeling recognized and not feeling represented because when you grow up watching Disney Channel and you have like like I said earlier the one token like sassy black girl or sassy black aunt or someone it's like okay well that's what they're showing me so I guess that's what's supposed to be the case for me and I feel like also like this idea that going back to like white being right and like white is the purest form i feel like the whole concept is it's intimidating and i keep going back to this word damaging because a lot of the times we think okay well let's try and i'm gonna use a word from the book stand let's try and assimilate so that we can like fit in and make ourselves uh accepted quicker or make us seem like we're different than the rest quote unquote like I feel like oftentimes I feel like I have to change and adjust around the white people in my environment as opposed to them just accepting me flaws and all because I feel like students of color do this all the time and we tolerate the flaws of our of our classmates and we tolerate the flaws of our um, white teachers but then when it's our turn our that same like i guess courtesy isn't extended to us and it's just like get it right or don't do it at all it's kind of like you have to figure it out by yourself and i feel like the group base that was really helpful for me freshman year because it connected me with people who identified similarly to me and i feel like that helped a lot but obviously now that we're virtual that's not really like well i don't know but i feel like having spaces where we can meet Um, And I think more than once a cycle is definitely helpful because meeting once a cycle didn't really help me. But, you know, yeah, I just feel like having spaces where you can, like, feel safe and have spaces where you can speak about things that have been on your mind and not fear people judging you, like have like minded people. I feel like that's really helpful, especially when transitioning into a predominantly um, white space. Yeah, I feel like, you know, going back to your point about, I keep on saying that, um, but <laughs> you were bringing up, like, um, like having to assimilate. I think, you know, because of the fact that we want to fit in so bad, um, you know, we kind of, like, try and fit in. And this all leads back to the point of being too white, you know? You try and fit in, you try to be like your peer so you don't mess up, you don't make the same mistakes, you don't get called out. Because the thing with us is... You know, one of my white peers can make a simple mistake, and it's like, oh, like, they made a mistake. But if we make one, it's like, you made a mistake, but it's, like, more, I guess, aggressive. Yes. Like, you're more, like, like, people expect more from you because they're, like, you know, you're in such a, 
you're in such a educated and you know good space and we expect more from you not because of the fact that you're a student but because of the fact that you're black you know yeah. and that puts more pressure on students to kind of you know mold themselves into this like way that's not even truly them and they feel like they have to be perfect all the time and they can't make mistakes um and even when it comes to like friends like you know you feel like you have to act a certain way or do certain things because your biggest fear with your friend group is not oh like they'll exclude me just because they don't like me because of like personality it's like i feel like they're gonna exclude me and i want to talk to me again because i'm black a lot of the things that you know i guess like regular teenagers go through and they contemplate you know we think about it not because of the fact that we're teenagers and contemplating it we're thinking of it because we're black you know everything revolves around our race everything we think about every decision we make revolves around it and i feel like people don't understand that like they see that we struggle but they don't see the reason the reason why we struggle is completely different and they kind of are like oh look we're kind of the same like we get it and it's like no that's not how it works (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't work like that so yeah i feel like everything is intensified when you're a student of color it's like you can say the same thing as say your white counterpart and it'll be like whoa why'd you say it like that like be nice or you didn't have to be so loud about it or you didn't have to be rude about it and i feel like people and this is not to generalize but i feel like a lot of times people don't realize that a lot of the decisions you have to make when you're navigating in a predominantly white space is based off of your race like a lot of the decisions and sacrifices you have to make is because you identify with a certain group and i feel like oftentimes like some decisions that we make seem like oh that was an easy decision like you just did i don't know you did something as opposed to doing another thing and i feel like people don't realize that oftentimes there are a lot there's a lot more to consider when you're a student of color and there are a lot more like everyone's emotions has to be considered when you're a student of color because you don't want to be seen as like aggressive or I don't know, just like hostile. But I feel like for white students, it's not the same. That's not a thought because that's not like a stereotype um, attached to them. And back to your point about, you know, like how when it comes to speaking up, like um, kids of color or just women of color specifically have a harder time wanting to speak up. And, you know, obviously our difference is not the same as, like, our white counterparts. Because, you know, when we think about speaking up about certain issues, our first thought is, you know, like, my race and the stereotypes that are made of me. And I don't want to be perceived as, like, that black, aggressive girl that, like, is always talking about something, is always complaining about something, is always, you know, is always bickering. And, like, even if what you're speaking about is, is like, is important or needs to be heard you know hearing people complain over and over again and put you into this like really bad stigma of black women it's kind of like discouraging like you don't want to speak and I feel like our (laughs) feel like I our white counterparts don't really think about that you know yeah when it comes to us speaking up um and I think just like I think it's overall you know like the black experience in a predominantly white area will never ever be the same as the white experience. We go through so much more. We think 
so much more people expect so much more of us and that could be really challenging and scary for you know us for for us when we're transitioning because we come into this space you know we're already expecting something but actually being in the space and having to live up to the expectation is like it's scary you know and I just I feel like I wish we had more representation of us I wish we had more people to help us and speak for us um and I wish our white counterparts you know our peers um faculty administration they took that into consideration with us um because I feel like people don't feel like people don't think about it because like a lot of our experiences are you know they're thought about because of race they're not thought about just because we're like just because we're living and we're going through things yeah so I agree it's a very oftentimes it feels very silencing well that's all the time we have for today if you made it this far thank you for listening to today's episode of the women of color experience we want to leave you guys with this quote from Maya Angelou my mission in life is not merely to survive but to thrive and to do so with some passion some compassion some humor and some style thank you for listening and see you soon